0: I'm Bob Brill, and he's
1: Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast, and now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to the Bob Brill YouTube channel. It's my uh, YouTube channel, or you can find the links for all of this at KramerAndBrill.com. That's the easiest way, right there on the bottom of your screen. KramerAndBrill.com. Uh, we'll take a look at how we did for you. Look at this week's games and who's trending and our feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We bring the fan on to the video podcast to ask the question directly, and you can be that fan simply by emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com, and you can see it, again, right there on the bottom of your screen. So how did we do for you? Well, I like to say that Ben Roethlisberger, coming out of the COVID protocol, led all quarterbacks with 333 yards and four touchdown passes. We like Brady at his 341 and three scores, plus a rushing touchdown. We also were high on Rodgers, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Tua, as well as Watson. They were all fantasy solid. I liked Alex Smith, and he threw 55 passes for 390 but did not have a touchdown pass. Now you like Bridgewater and he accounted for three scores. You like Mullins, I did not. He was totally harassed and threw a pair of picks. You like Burrow, I did not. He had one of his worst games chased by the stealing defense all day. Running backs, now you like Dime Hines and he was solid. I like Ronald Jones, he went for 192, albeit 98 on one play. I liked Wayne Gallman, his two TDs, but who saw Dick Chubb coming back for 126 of the score? Uh, we both were good on Josh Jacobs with 112 and a pair of TDs, but we're still wary of the tandem situation with Devontae Booker. On the wide receiver front, who saw Keelan Cole scoring a punt return for a touchdown and a receiving touchdown? I like Michael Pittman. Coming on, I said, it should be a play. Seven catches, 101, added 21 rushing. DeAndre Hopkins was, again, outstanding. We really like Marquez Scand- uh, Valdez-Scandling this week. He had a TD score and four catches for 149. Now, you thought T. Higgins was due for another good game, and he had one. Seven for 115 and a touch. I was appalled at the lack of targets for DK Metcalf. Two of four for 28 yards and a losing effort. What the heck's going on with Russell Wilson all, all of a sudden? Well, trending up this week. uh, Tyler Murray, Alex Smith, Deontay Johnson, Ronald Jones, Brandon Elliott, Keelan Cole, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, and Davian Harris. Now trending down this week, DJ Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, David uh, Johnson, Amari Cooper, and the Dolphins released Jordan Howard this week. So he could be trending up or maybe trending down. And whichever team needs a running back, he might be there. And Jacksonville put running back Chris Thompson on IR. Also, the Pack activated Alan Lazar and the uh, Giants placed kicker Graham Gano on the COVID list, activating Ryan Santoso. So, uh, what about your picks for the week? Uh, what, what, are, what are you looking at this week?
0: Well, let me tell you who else was appalled. D.K. Metcalf looked the fall during the game. <laughs> yes, The problem was Jalen Ramsey gave him gave Russell Wilson no option or eliminated that one. And uh, the good thing I think for D.K. Metcalf, he won't be playing Jalen Ramsey every week. And um, Russell Wilson, you mentioned, you know what happened to him. I think it's hard to have 16 great games in a row, right? So yeah, he, and he played probably at that time, at least trending wise, probably the best defense in the league. And they put it all together, both offensively and defensively that night. Um, I think uh, you mentioned uh, Alex Smith, who I think could be, if he keeps playing this way, maybe the story of the year. The fact that he's playing at all should be a story. Unfortunately, they're just not winning. But if they were to somehow win a few games and he continues to play well, that could be a great story. Uh, Certainly, if we come back later the year. Um, And, uh, you know, I would say also Kyler Murray, in what, his second year, I heard a a comment, I think, I can't remember if it was Chris Collinsworth or Al Michaels saying he's on pace to become, uh, I think maybe the only, correct me if I'm wrong, but 4,000-yard passer and 1,000-yard rusher in the same season. Um, And what a great story. I mean, he's, every week so far, he's been awesome. He's been fun to watch too, really fun to watch. he's, He's like the ultimate guy playing quarterback. He's Every game he plays, he's the best running back and quarterback on the field. Um, and then, uh, you know, and there's times you can say that about Lamar Jackson, too. But I think Kyler Murray is probably more of a pure passer at this point than Lamar. Um, and then I think, that uh, you know, again, I mentioned the Rams and that defense. That's a big story because I think they're hitting their stride, both offensively. They've been solid all year. But now defensively, uh, they look unstoppable and uh, along with your Steelers defense. At least this is one in the NFC. And then, you know, I think one story to, to watch going forward, Drew Brees is the ultimate fantasy football quarterback because, A, he always throws to the right guy, always throws for 70 75% completion percentage, always puts up numbers. And now for really the first time I can remember since his shoulder injury, which ended up happening at the end of a year in San Diego, this one happens where there's, what, nearly half a season left. So now we're going to see how Jameis Winston does he benefit from being Drew Brees' backup like Teddy Bridgewater did? And now Teddy Bridgewater's looking great in Carolina. Can Jameis Winston do the same thing? And so far, filling in for this one game didn't throw any picks. So at least that's going in the right direction.
1: You know, the, the other guy there is Taysom Hill. Um, you're thinking Jameis Winston over Taysom, Taysom, um, Taysom Hill. And, yeah. uh, I you know, I, I, I like that, and I think that's where they're going to. But Taysom Hill is an awful fun guy to watch. He could get more
0: But players. like you said, you'd rather start him at tight end than a quarterback, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, now we come to our new regular feature, Ask the Quarterback, and today we welcome in Randy Cardoon, longtime fantasy football owner, as well as a sportscaster and podcaster in Los Angeles, who has his own podcast, Talking About Cars, and I know that's what he's doing right now, because he was just sitting there (laughs) editing, talking about cars. I know that. Uh, Randy joined us on our Super Bowl show last season. Uh, Randy, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, thanks, Bob. And as you know, did you know that you have the Detroit Lions fight song uh, when, for people that are on hold? Did you know that? No, Done I did by not. Eric. <laughs> Done by Eric. Who knew? I, I didn't know that. So, so
0: I have had some influence on this show. You...
2: <laughs> there you go. See, uh, that, that works out. I just know if you knew that a little behind the scenes, maybe too much behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Uh, for those of you who uh, are in L.A., uh, I uh, am a sports anchor at KNX 1070 News Radio. I also do a podcast called the Talking About Cars podcast, the logo right there uh, on radio.com. We talk to celebrities about their car stories. Eric, you got any good car stories? We'll have to get you on the show one of these days.
0: Well, no, but I have no. In fact, I have no good car stories, but I can tell you what my first original car was that my mom What bought. was that? What it was, was a that? 1975 red with a white-top Dodge Colt. Not going to make any car show story. <laughs> no,
2: no, it won't. Well, you know, everybody has a car story and I'm sure you can tell us some interesting stories about the Dodge Colt, but we're not here to talk about cars. We're here to talk about football, football. You're on it. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little about that. And, and I think it, everybody's gone through this situation and we all handle it differently. I'm a sports guy and it's all about what's going on between the years because, As Eric knows, this is a very cerebral sport, whether you're playing or whether you're trying to pretend you're a general manager. So the question is this. Let's say, and this has happened a lot for a lot of people, especially with injuries and COVID and everything else this year. you got a guy, you lose the player to injury, you need to replace him. What is your key factor in deciding their replacement? How deep do you go when you research that? This
0: is how deep I go. Did he go to NC State? That's how deep I go. In that case, Naheem Hines, who just has exploded these last couple of weeks, is that's who I would go with. I mean, uh-huh. he, catches, he catches the ball, he runs great routes. He's obviously got some explosiveness to him in the run game. He ran and scored in the running I'm game against NC State. Yes, NC State, NC State, NC State. That's all you need to write down.
1: Okay, well, I, I have to. And the guy handing him
0: here. the ball and throwing it to him also went to NC State. I, I have see.
1: to check here because when we're recording this. Eric is with his old NC eight, uh, NC State uh, coach, in of North course. Carolina at a barbecue place, waiting till the show gets over so he can go have his barbecue.
2: <laughs> I'd be saying the same thing if I was waiting to get barbecue. I'll tell you that much. Wow. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay. So let's find. Well, I would
0: to, to to seriously answer your question, Randy. I would say that, um, you know, at this time of year, you're going to get guys hurt like Drew Brees, right? That never get hurt, but here you got one. So now what do you do? If, do you play Jameis Quinson? Do you pick him up? I would say, I don't know, because is he going to be last year's Jameis Quinson where he throws 30 interceptions, or is he going to do what Teddy Bridgewater did and learn, learn from one of the best ever and then go out and then play like a great quarterback this year, which he's doing in Carolina. So I don't know. I, I, a lot of time, here's another thing too. If you've got a guy that plays in a, a one back system, whereas there's only one guy getting the majority of the reps and the catches or the runs, then yeah, replace him if he gets hurt with his backup. But if you're on a team, if you've got a guy like with the 49ers, for example, okay, the same offense Kyle Shanahan's running running game-wise is the same one his dad Mike ran when he was coach of the Denver Broncos when it was only Terrell Davis. That's the guy that was getting 1,800, 2,000 yards a year. But in San Francisco, all three are getting that together, but chopped up. So mm-hmm. probably stay away from teams like that or situations like that.
2: Yeah, I tried to do the, the situation with the Rams three court, uh, running backs. Yeah. And I went, okay, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I picked Henderson and I picked not totally wrong, but not totally right, too. Right. So, that,
0: so you're going to, in that situation, your best upside is going to be 60, 70 yards, maybe a touchdown but it could be the same 60 for the other guy or the same 60 for the other guy. So Mm -hmm. who knows?
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely true. So the next thought is you've got players coming off IR now, uh, injured reserve, and you also have, uh, for example, uh, Nick Chubb just came off of, and this kind of answers the question, but I'd like your feedback on it. Players coming off ER, do you play somebody the first week off ER or do you give them a week to kind of acclimate themselves? In the case of Chubb, have to worry about it but otherwise
0: okay so this is my go-to response for that is that as a player you always come back before you're ready you just by the nature of the sport and any sport really because the there's a whole operation called the personnel department that's Mm -hmm. fully staffed at all times and dedicated to finding your replacement before you're even gone so that's i think players come back with that in mind that getting back on the field is their next step, which really happens about a week or two later when they start hitting their stride. That's mm-hmm. hamstring injuries. In this case, COVID look at cam Newton coming back from COVID and he still doesn't look like the cam Newton before kind of COVID. So I think injuries, especially things, well, like we're learning about COVID now hamstrings, especially, um, You know, I once had a uh, separated shoulder um, when I was playing in Chicago, and that's like a six-week injury. Well, I was trying to come back before that because my replacement was playing pretty good, but he played good enough so that I didn't come back. And so I think (laughs) that's kind of the nature of if you get a guy, if you put a guy back in your fantasy lineup, the minute he comes back or the game he comes back, you run the risk of him just being a body out there for
2: a week or two. Good point. Good point. Cool. So does that answer your question, dude? That answers my questions. <laughs> plural, by the way. Yes. Good job. Good yeah, you, job. Know,
1: you know, the, I, I was thinking when you're uh, talking about picking the Rams guys and you pick the wrong one of that, that line from Indiana Jones where and uh, the temple of doom where the knight is in in the cave and he says, you chose poorly
2: <laughs> well i could have chose cam Akers. that would have been really bad but at least henderson salvaged it by scoring a touchdown so it wasn't the worst thing in the world but i could have uh i could have gone malcolm brown it could have i could have been a contender
1: <laughs> oh my gosh all right playing
0: the three show game though you know you're you're yeah. You got a 33% chance of being right, but you got a 66% chance of being wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Welcome to the NFL 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Randy, thanks for coming on the show. Always enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time and uh, keep playing fantasy football.
2: All right, guys. Thanks. All right.
1: Remember, if you'd like to ask the quarterback, just email me at brillpro at gmail.com. If if we select you, we'll be in touch. We'll bring you on the show next week. And the email right there on the bottom of your screen, uh, we just ask you to do it. Just uh, join us there. And at the bottom of the screen, brillpro at gmail.com. And now let's get to this week's games. Cardinals and Seahawks. The Kyler Murray show continues in Seattle. Should be a really good one. I can't see the Seahawks faltering again, but they are Kind of in a funk right now. The Cardinals are flying high. Kenyon Drake had a quiet 100-yard day. And against Seattle, I like Christian Kirk, especially here. Now, for Seattle, uh, what's the injury wires? His running back, Alex Collins, could be a play here if Chris Carson is still out. Freddie Swain at wideout is getting some notice, and that's a good thing as well.
0: Yeah, I would say, okay, so if you look at the Seahawks, right? So, last game, I know they played the Rams, who are a very complete team right now. What part of the Seahawks team, whether football, I mean, uh, offense, defense, special teams, which part of that team played well? None. So I know the Cardinals aren't the Rams, but they're not far behind. And they're a pretty good team, too. And I think it's interesting now that all this talk all year long has been about Russell Wilson being the lead dog in the MVP race. No one's really talking about Kyler Murray. Yet, if you match up the two, it's hard to tell them apart. And it, the, really, the Seahawks have looked to be, in the win column-wise, a contender playoff, maybe Super Bowl, but then defensively, they don't look that way. And then this past game, offensively, they didn't look that way. But the, the Cardinals, nobody's talking about, and yet they're a very good team, very good team, and have beat good teams. So I know this is a fantasy football show, but I think in terms of who's going to win and lose, I think the Cardinals have every bit of chance as the Seahawks of winning this game. And I think... Kyler Murray is going to come out of this game as normal as going for a lot, running for a lot, probably going to have, he's got a good chance at getting three touchdowns, whether half of them or a third of them be rushing or passing. Like he's going to come out of the game with three or four touchdowns pretty much every week. And, um, and I think that, as you mentioned, uh, Christian Kirk is a a prime guy that he could go to. Um, Also DeAndre Hopkins is, uh, I mean, they're, they're loaded top to bottom. And I think Russell Wilson You know, I mean, he's great. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, another NC State quarterback. But he's right now kind of hitting that point where yes, I'll give him, you played the best defense in the league probably. But he's been doing it all by himself most of the year. And then they took away really his best target in DK Metcalf with one guy. So that means they could take away everyone else with everyone else playing zone in this matchup. Jalen Ramsey, you know, they got burned a couple times on that scheme, but By and large, they shut D.K. Metcalf down, and I think that's going to give the Cardinals and teams that play the Seahawks in the future, you know, an option of, can we do that? Bengals of Washington, I have to think Burrow will be back this week,
1: and I'm good on Higgins. I like Samaje Pirine here over Giovanni Bernard. A.J. Green had five targets, no receptions. Washington, stick with Gibson and McLaurin, and notice J.D. McKissick got 15 targets plus eight rushes. Worth a flex look as long as Alex Smith is under center.
0: Yeah, and, and like you mentioned uh, before, or we've talked about how Alex Smith, I mean, is putting up numbers. The fact that he's even walking and even has his full leg is a miracle, and then he's back playing in the NFL is another miracle and doing well. Um, I think that's a story to watch all year, and obviously, having other options besides McLaurin. When you have other options, he's still going to show up, as he's been doing, but now you've got Gibson. McKissick is now showing up here. So I think they become a real, uh, you know, fantasy football play, which obviously in the beginning of the year, nobody on Washington runs. Right. Was. And then the Bengals, Joe Burrow, yeah, he had not a great game. But by and large, he's a solid start every week. Unless you've got, you know, potentially Kyler Murray in front of him. Um, would I start betting, uh, Joe Burrow over Kyler Murray? Probably not. But this week, I don't know. I, I at least consider it because Joe Burrow is that good to me.
1: Falcons and Saints, big story here, Drew Brees. Now, Brees is injured, not able to go. It'll likely be Jameis Winston, as we mentioned earlier. But it could be Taysom Hill, who actually is listed as a tight end at ESPN. Now, he did rush for 45 yards last week, saw that a race with a fumble. Now, this could be a Friday decision, so you really want to uh, take a real good look at the NFL.com. Uh, Atlanta coming off a bye, so anyone on this team is worth a start. However, you want to watch the injury wires for Ridley, who took the week off with a foot problem. If he can't go, I like Gage to pick up the slack here.
0: Well, this goes back to the question that Randy answered. Okay, here's Ridley coming back now. In his first game back, is he a guy that you're going to start? Um, I wouldn't, even though he's a phenomenal player. But if I've got somebody that's uh, potentially equal caliber, you know, let's say, let's say Calvin Ridley, I don't know what he averages per week, but let's just say it's a touchdown in 70 yards. I don't know what that equates to point-wise but I'm going to give him Not 13 15 points. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I would expect maybe six points out of him. If there's another receiver that has the potential that kind of averages, maybe six or seven to 10 points, but then if they have a favorable matchup defensively, I might take him over Calvin Ridley. That's an example of what I was talking to before with Randy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, again, the big question mark here. You don't know. Is it going to be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? I think it's going to be Jameis Winston because he's the guy they went to in the game. But I guess you really don't know. And Sean Payton's a great, you know, disguiser of what his intentions are going to be. And um, so I think that uh, you just don't know. And if you don't know the quarterback, then it's really hard to go with some of the other options they have. But no matter who's playing quarterback for the Saints, you know Alvin Kamara is going to produce. Yeah, and, and this could be just a game time decision,
1: too. Uh, Steelers-Jaguars, Steelers 9-0 on the road, which I'm not sure means anything this year uh, according to COVID. Uh, Steelers hitting on all cylinders, albeit it was against the Bengals, and with a focus on James Robinson this week. Now, if they shut him down, DJ Clark uh, Shark is going to be the first target, along with Keelan Cole and Chris Conley. Uh, Robinson is a start, unless you have better options. Steelers receivers, they're getting the ball divided, but still getting enough fantasy points to make each of the top three worth playing. Eric Ebron's also coming on as well.
0: Yeah, I would say like you. I mean, the the I underestimated. I think for the first time the Jaguar. I mean, the Steelers defense in saying suggesting start Joe Burrow, and they they took care of business. And I think they have a, a very good chance to do the same with uh, Robinson at running back for the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars passing the ball do not have an upper echelon offense passing the ball, which is going to put more focus by the Steelers defense, as you said, on Jane Robinson, and uh, but. Here your Steelers are. I mean, they're undefeated at 9-0. I'm sure you don't mind talking about that. No, no, no. And then you look at the head of their schedule. Who's going to beat them? There's really not a, uh, There's not one great team left on their schedule that you can say, oh, yeah, I'd give them the nod. So the Steelers really have a good chance of going undefeated. If they were going to lose, they would have lost by now. But they didn't. The teams they would have lost would have been like the Ravens, who they destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, they destroyed by having the Ravens outgain them if that makes sense. yeah. But they have such a good defense that that makes up for so many things that maybe they show up with a great offensive output, maybe they don't, but they're still going to win.
1: Patriots-Texans, Patriots coming on, and Damian Harris with his 121 did look strong. Now, for the first time, I'm saying to start a new England running back. Jacoby Myers looks like a corner as uh, comer as well. I can tell you he's worth a flex. Uh, Texans, I'd stick with Watson and Fuller with Cooks worthy of at least a flex play. Wait, where'd Jacoby Myers go to school? Uh, Someplace in North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. And I, you know, we were all basically jumped on full force, the uh, Cam Newton bandwagon to begin the season. But again, that was all before COVID and just doesn't look like the same guy. But, you know, the, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, as you know, have a history of a guy like Jacoby Myers going completely skyrocketing one game and then where is he the next game? So well, I don't know if I would start Jacoby Myers. the The Texans uh, have a pretty good defense at times, at times not. Um, but I, that's why I think that it's it's hard to take a Patriots offensive player to me until they start establishing themselves back to what they were before. Um, you know, Cam Newton had that COVID positive test, but blocking scheme wise, who they have blocking. The scheme of what they do, and Josh McDaniels is outstanding. It's just, it, is Cam going to be the guy that pulled it off? Has he hit a stride yet coming back from being sick? In my opinion, no.
2: So mm-hmm. that makes it enough
0: for the Patriots, uh, question mark. But the Texans are the Texans. And then DeAndre, I mean. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, both running and passing. And so, yeah, you go with him and whoever's hot at receiver eagles browns uh, miles
1: sanders played well so maybe he's a start but that's it maybe boston scott because he seems to find the end zone for the browns both chubb and hunt raked uh, hundred yards plus uh, that makes them a pair we're sticking to but that's kind of it for me
0: i would agree with you and i think i'm now like you off of all the eagles players uh, if i have at least a halfway better option um the browns though This is a team that really impresses me, not fantasy football-wise. Like you said, their running game and the running backs, I guess, are elite. But they're running behind an elite offensive line. That's why, or in part at least, what makes them elite. And I think just having watched that game, the way the blocking schemes, both running and pass protection-wise, they are solid. And Baker Mayfield, has he even had a great game this year? I don't think that he has. He had had one really solid super game. Okay, but I'm saying, what's their record? Seven and three, seven and two, something like that. I mean, they are one of the top teams in the AFC. And they they definitely got – they had a a little lull there in the beginning or the middle part of the season, but then they're back now. So uh, I I like both of their running backs, as you suggested. Um, The one who led off the the game last week was Hunt. So uh, both of those guys are outstanding. But like you said, I – Passing game-wise, and uh, I just really – there's nobody uh, receiver-wise that is consistent, and Mayfield is not really consistent throwing the ball, but he's doing enough good things to keep the chains moving and allowing them to score points.
1: Lions-Panthers, the usual, suspects in Detroit. Look at the injury wires, though. Stafford is getting his thumb x-rayed. Uh, Swift is solid, so is Jones, who had 10 targets, and Hawkinson only saw four looks and no touchdowns. Now, their usage is going to depend on Stafford's ability. And whether he's going to be able to play and play up to par if he does play, Bridgewater uh, had an MRI on his knee, so watch that closely. If he can't go, I do like Mike Davis as a flex,
0: but no one else on this club. Yeah, I think you you kind of hit it there. Is both teams have some question marks injuries to both quarterbacks, uh, injuries at running back. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's in Hawkinson. I for that very reason to me is a question mark where. All, up until now, he hasn't been any question to me because Stafford was always looking to him, whether it's out in the field or especially in the red zone, they're designing plays for Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. And so that's a chemistry that's, that's going upward, not downward. And hopefully Stafford can play and that would allow Hawkinson, I think, to have a good game as well. Titans
1: and Ravens. Ravens need a rebound, but against Tennessee, that's going to be tough. Tannehill's coming off an off day, so therefore so are the receivers. But Derrick Henry is not. Lamar Jackson has been good, if not spectacular lately, so I'd start him and Tannehill, as well as Henry. Uh, Considering the Ravens played in a monsoon last week, you can give any of them a break. Willie he good option either
0: way? And I think the Titans, I think, are – everybody is rooting for them, including me. This is the team that the Titans beat last year. Uh, in the playoffs. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, I just, I love everything about them. Offensively, defensively, the, run, the way Derek Kennedy runs the ball right now, anyway, is in last year for that matter, nobody's running the ball as well as he is. And uh, he's, he's getting gaping holes. And when he's not, he's making gaping holes. Well, doesn't and, he just? <laughs> and, and Tannehill obviously didn't have a great game. And as you said, their, their passing game suffered as a result. But the Baltimore Colts—I mean, uh, in Evans Colts—pretty good defense as well. Uh, so I, I like uh, Tannehill to rebound. I like again AJ Brown, uh, Johnny Smith—they're both great targets, um, especially in both of them in the red zone. So uh, that's a team that I think I, I like them to, to win this game over the Ravens. And I also like the Ravens to rebound because uh, they'll be playing at home again. They they look bad against the Patriots, and I don't I don't look for them. I don't think they will look bad two weeks in a row.
1: Jets or Chargers. Now, here's the big question. Can Justin Herbert win at the wire? Yes, against the hapless Jets. But wait, this is the NFL, so don't write them off. Jets coming off a bye. I do like Michael P. Ryan and Jamison Crowder, but that's it. Herbert is solid, as is Keenan Allen and Kal- uh, Kalen Balage. He's a decent option this week, too.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you mentioned it. Can, can Justin Herbert win at the wire? This is what he's going to have to do. Uh, because he is in that rookie of the year candidate talk now that really Joe Burrow is occupied all by himself for most of this year. But Justin Herbert has the better team and yet hasn't been able to win. I know he's a rookie, but there's some things he can do and the rest of the team can do, you know, and to get them over the hump. And this is a game they have to win. You know, the the Jets are winless. They've got zero confidence. The Chargers are at home. Everything lines up for them to win the game. Everything lines up for the Chargers offensively to gash the Jets defensively, who everybody seems to be doing this year. So I think everything adds up for a Chargers victory and for the Chargers to do well uh, fantasy football-wise. And I think, as we can both agree, there's really nobody on the Jets worth looking at, fantasy football-wise. anyway. And, and, you know, you have to kind of look at uh, the Chargers have to play a 60-minute game instead of a 58-minute game, that's for sure. Well, most NFL games come down to those last two minutes, right? Yes, they do.
1: Dolphins and Broncos. Dolphins on the rise. Broncos still a mess. I like the kicker here, as well as Tua and Salman Ahmed, along with Devontae Parker.
0: I also like Jakeem Grant as a pickup here. Just Patrick, though, on the orange. I, I think the Dolphins, to me, are the story this year of what a great job Brian Flores has done mm-hmm. because they don't need their quarterback to throw for 300 yards. They don't need their quarterback to throw for 200 yards. I don't think two has even done that yet. So if, as long as he's making good decisions, they don't need their offense to play great. They've got a great defense. They can make plays on special teams. They, they can like drew lock through four interceptions last week. He's shown that he's capable of having a very bad game, and now he's coming against a very good Dolphins defense. So I like the Dolphins to win this game. I like Tua and and the Dolphins to continue doing what they're doing, which is fantasy football-wise. Not great production, but they're not going to lose the game either. Cowboys and Vikings, wow, nobody on the Cowboys this time,
1: nobody. And uh, pretty much everyone on the Vikings. Now, I do like Pollard on Dallas as a flex play. He's getting playing time, and he's taking advantage of it. And he looks quick, and he is uh, getting some playing time, giving uh, Zeke a rest. And when he does, he seems to be out playing Zeke, although
0: Zeke had more yards last week, but he had more carries. Right. And I think the, the, for me, the Cowboys, at this part of the year anyway, are almost turning into the Jets, Right. I mean, they're they're not going to win the game. They don't look like they want to win the game. And they're not going to stop anybody. So the Vikings and Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins and and the receiving core, I think they're all going to produce fantasy football-wise. I think they're going to win the game. They're at home. The Vikings are really trending upward. As you saw, they dominated the Bears last week. But then lately, who hasn't? And I think defensively, the, the Vikings are on the rise. They're 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 kind of peaking at the right time. They're even even though they've got a losing record still, they've only got five losses. So if they win out or win or close to winning out, I mean, they could end up with 10 or 11 wins this year. Yeah, the Packers- I, know that, I know that's looking Packers. far into the future, but I, I like them at least this week. against the Cowboys.
1: Packers and Colts. Now, Colts are a really good test for Aaron Rodgers, and while I like Rodgers here, I don't expect the big, big numbers. Colts' defense is really good. I really like Hines, as you mentioned earlier, over Taylor here for Indy, and you can feel solid about starting Michael Pittman. Uh, the Colts will try to take away Adams, but that leaves Marquez scantling wide open, so you pick your poison.
0: And that's the thing. I uh, You know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, as much as I hate to say this being a former Lion and Bear, that... Uh, Nobody's able to really slow them down. I mean, they might take one guy away, but do they ever, does anybody ever really take away Devontae Adams? No. No. No one ever really shuts down Aaron Rodgers. And like you said, I mean, last week it was Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. This week it may not be because he really hasn't backed up one good game with another good game. But so we'll got see. Lazard back too. So. At, right. So they've got options. And I think I, I like Aaron Rodgers this week against the Colts, even though. You're right. The Colts defense has looked good at times, um, but then they've also given up plays at times. And um, I I do like what the Colts, though, were doing. I think um, Frank Reich has had that team playing fantastic, especially lately. Uh, Phillip Rivers has finally, you know, settled in and getting back to doing what he's always done well. He's always done – he's been great at at the short passing game, getting the ball out of his hands. When he tries to do too much – That's sometimes when bad things happen, and he seems to have steered away from that for the most part this year.
1: Chiefs at Raiders, Kansas City coming off a bye, and the Raiders trying to find themselves mostly now on the ground. I don't look for Carr to rebound, so to me he's a sit. The running backs are going to continue to share the load, but I don't see either one going off at 100-plus this week. McCall Hardman went on the COVID list, so keep an eye on him and Watkins, and it might be the week that maybe Le'Veon Bell finally gets a shot. Well,
0: okay, let's – who who actually beat the Chiefs this year? The Raiders. Yeah. So that's at AFC
1: West. It's it, it's a battle over there. I mean, they're they It they're is. It.
0: And now, I'll grant it. The Chiefs are a great team. They're coming off a buy, which I'm sure Andy used, Andy Reid used well. Um, they're a tough team to slow down. No one really has so far, but no one's really slowed down the Raiders either. And I offensively, I I, I do like uh, Derek Carr here which makes, means I like the rest of their receiving core. I like Josh Jacobs. And as we, we mentioned before, we were a little suspect of Dante uh, Booker taking some of the load away from um, Josh Jacobs, but that didn't really slow down either one of them. So I like Josh Jacobs here as well. And again, the Chiefs, start everybody if you have them. Rams, Buccaneers. Now, should be a high-scoring game despite two solid
1: defenses. Don't count either quarterback out. I'm more sold on the Bucks running backs, Jones and Fournette, than I am on the Rams running backs. Now, receivers, they're all good on either side. As much as I hate to say it, I actually did, did before today, like Antonio Brown to score here. But wait for it, wait for it. The NFL is investigating a possible misdemeanor he was involved with recently, which just came up, something about throwing a bicycle at a security guard shack and destroying a security camera. Right now, he's still playing, but – that might not be a game. That'll be a game time decision possibly. So you want to keep your eyes on that if you have
0: Antonio Brown. Well, you know how I feel about the Rams this year. And I think that Sean McVay is just, he is so focused to me on getting this team playing at their highest level ever under him. And they look to me to be doing that both offensively and defensively. Uh, It's that wide zone running game that has been so effective for, the few offenses that run it like Kyle Shanahan and uh, pass the ball wise. I mean, everything they do pass and ball comes off of that running game and the Buccaneers win a little bit differently. You know, last week it was Ronald Jones and Brady seems to have, you know, found uh, the winning formula for him and looked solid pretty much ever since the slow start. He's every week really shown up to be like he's always been uh, solid and consistent. And obviously, their defense is great. Um, I like the Rams to win this, even though they're playing in Tampa, um, because I think the Rams right now are really playing like the best team in the league, at least. And everything we're talking about uh, in terms of what team's in the favorite spot or what team's going to make the playoffs, which ones aren't, it's always seemed kind of, you know, they get on these two or three or four-week runs, and then they fall off a cliff, then they come back. But I don't see the Rams doing that again. They did it once, but I think they're going to be solid from here on out.
1: And there you have it. Now go get some barbecue. And uh, you know my address. You know uh, they ship stuff to all over the world. So you can have them ship me that
0: full pork. It's, sandwich with and it's, it, I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, but it's the place is called Texas Barbecue. I don't I don't get it. Because <laughs> North Carolina is known for North Carolina barbecue. But whatever. <laughs> well, eat it anyway. It'll be it's good for you. Uh, right.
1: Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, kitchen lipsumradio.com wherever you get your podcast. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at Kramer right there at the bottom of your page. That's the easiest way. Well. Don't forget about our brand new feature, ask the quarterback. Each week, we'll select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football related question. We'll bring the fan onto the show and ask the question directly. You can be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. For my barbecue eating friend, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. We'll see you next time.